One. The melt up is on. Instigated, instigated by Paul in the early pivot. We're going to talk about the dash for trash, buying everything, almost all the top components in the index were up yesterday. Microsoft down a penny. Dennis had the busiest day of the year. So let's get to it. It's Thursday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis did. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We are up 16 and a quarter handles, similar to yesterday. Barely saw any ticks below that closing price of 60.75. Pre-market high, 47.81 and a quarter. And oh, maybe getting that 4,800 handle today. Haven't done that since March of 22. Buck in the red, again, 50 cents, 101.97. Bonds catching a wicked bid up one and a quarter point at 122 and 28 30 seconds. Crude back in the 70 handle, getting stubborn up a buck 38 at 70.85. And gold, holy mackerel, up 54.90 at 2,052 and 10 cents. Silver 22 handle yesterday, and now in the 24 handle. That's up a buck 42 at 24.35. In Bitcoin futures, they're a little quiet here, but they're in the green, $155. They're in the green, 43365 When Triple D says he has the busiest day of the year in after-hours trading, folks, that means it's a busy day. Dennis, come on in and tell us what you were seeing out there. Crazy busy day, just everything moving. And I mean everything, everything. So they were buying just dash for trash across the board. That's what you saw happen yesterday, obviously, on the Fed announcement that they are pivoting, which is exactly what it was. And that has continued. So um, it's interesting, though, because you actually are seeing, you know, some of the mega cap techs like Apple really not participating here this morning, Microsoft. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes because I do think that those stocks were doing well without the pivot. So you wonder if those don't lag here now going forward a little bit because you all of a sudden have a pivot and people are hungry for stocks that are interest rate sensitive. Oh, there's a bunch. I mean, I saw the banks ripping yesterday. I mean, what 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 was left out? I guess is the only question. I guess uh, I mean, oil rally. I can I didn't look at the heat map, but uh, man, there was hardly anything in the red. But uh, when you're talking specifically here in the dash for trash, I mean, you got a firm now up at uh, up a buck thirty five here. That uh, is approaching some. Monthly resistance at uh, forty eight ninety five. Just uh, it's a buy fest, and I I am frankly surprised that you know he did. He said, "What do he say? We're reviewing rate cuts." Was that Mitch? Let's bring in Mitch here. Maybe he has some of the the verbiage yeah. on that. What what was uh what what did the street catch and just go to go to lifting offers? I mean, of course, uh, everyone expected the key interest rates to stay steady. Right. That's mm -hmm. that was a common given. Right. But now plans for multiple rate cuts in 24. That was not <laughs> expected. Right. It, like, I don't think we like, were even expecting. It? Yeah, th exactly. Dennis, that's the important thing here. Right. Because it doesn't mean that they're actually doing it. But why say it is more important, I think, here. I, um, I think, like I have a thought here and I honestly didn't consider that he would take a victory lap. Yeah. I didn't think that Powell was going to be, I thought he was, his focus was on inflation and fighting it. And basically yesterday he took a victory lap saying, but he also threw in the, the towel landing. We did the soft landing and now we can pivot and we can bring it down. He's going to slowly try to bring interest rates down because he's beaten inflation. Could keep the market as high as it possibly can too. 
So it was a victory lap for him yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe maybe it's warranted, but you'd think, like, why talk it up and start inflation once again here? Because all you did was blast off everything yesterday. And, I mean, if you're so concerned about inflation, asset inflation is going to bring it all back here, too. But we cannot control what Powell says or what he does. All we can do is trade the markets that are given. And we got a lot of new information yesterday. I did not think that they would actually talk about cutting rates yesterday. So that's got to change your course. And I mean, again, it doesn't mean recessions off the table for 2024. It doesn't mean anything. But it means this is like a hell of a perfect setup for this year. We talked about strength into the end of the year. Oh, my gosh. What a setup. I mean, could we just blast off to all-time highs and actually be at all-time highs? For the end of the year, that's a juicy setup. Well, uh, Powell carrying the bulls and uh, doing a little bit of that pivot talk, the famous uh, friends pivot. And you're trying to get a couch <laughs> above. Oh, man. yeah. It can be very hard, that right? Get up. <laughs> pivot. Pivot. Well, hey, he's yelling out there. One thing that they said in this report that was really interesting was also the comments on inflation coming down. They said that they foresee core inflation dropping to 3.2% in 23, 2.4 in 24, 2.2% in 25, and then eventually aligning with the 2% target in 2026. This is why I mentioned, is this also a throwing of the towel on inflation where they're just saying, well, like Joel had mentioned, I think like two years ago, there might just be a new norm of inflation. Yeah, no way. That's one of the things he mentioned yesterday. We're, we're okay with where inflation is now. We think that it's just going to slowly adjust itself back down. And we're done with that battle. He, 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 it's a victory lap. He literally took his victory lap and saying, we beat it. It's over. We beat it. Now we can start thinking about cutting rates. I did not think you'd do that when the stock market's at all-time highs. I did not yeah. consider that, that that was even a possibility that he would do that. And it's actually disappointing just to see that, you know, a Fed official wanted to take that victory lap. But that's what he did. And I'm calling it that, the victory lap. He's more concerned about his own personal, like, like I am the best Fed you know, official ever. I beat inflation. And I did not think Powell was like that. So I just changed my opinion of him. But that doesn't matter. What matters cares, is right? the response. And the response is predictable. Nobody yeah. thought he was going to talk about cutting rates at this meeting yesterday. Nobody thought. Everybody thought he was just going to stay the course, talk the market down a little bit. He did the exact opposite. So, I mean, you have to take that new information. How do you take that new information? You buy everything that is interest rate sensitive, meaning like, and that's what we saw happen yesterday. And stocks that have been beaten up because of higher rates are the ones that they were buying the most yesterday. I mean, look at the day XL you had. When's it had a candle like that, Joel? I mean, up 3.5% yesterday. These are utility stocks. These aren't AI plays. I mean, this is exactly Dash for interest rate sensitive stocks. Banks had a hell of a day. IWM, complete blast off. That continues this morning. Another Mm -hmm. three points for IWM here, which is an incredible run up. I mean, wow. What a run. Bulls totally are in firm control here right now. I do. I am thinking, though, you're going to see some rotation here today, and you can see it early. Would not surprise me if Apple, Microsoft, and some of the Magnificent Seven underperform here. Apple's yeah, they're teetering not. on going red today. Microsoft is teetering on going red today. The reason, again, you got to think, you know, it's not a buy everything. It was buy interest rate sensitive stuff. Apple, Microsoft were working in the old environment. Does that mean people trade those in for this interest rate sensitive stuff? I think that starts happening today. Uh, Apple has to go to 200 first before it turns around, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mike, Microsoft was a little weak yesterday too. But yeah, they're up just a couple. Uh, couple. Uh, uh, well, now uh, Microsoft just went red. Go ahead, Mitch. No, I think this, is, of course, brings a good question. The chat's asking it too, so I'll bring it up, right? Does this new change in a what we thought was a hawkish Fed turning more dovish, does this change our perspective going into 24? I Dennis? think so. I think, I think you have to, to a certain extent. You can't come in because if he's going to attack, you know, if he's going to talk about 
cutting rates and the market's at all-time highs or close Dow Jones Industrial Average made a new all-time high yesterday. Qs are very close. Spy is very close. He's going to talk about cutting rates. I mean, he has so many bullets in the chamber. So I just thought he was tougher than this. I didn't think he cared that much about his own, you know, saying that, yeah, I'm the person that navigated the soft landing, the first one ever. I didn't think he cared about that. Now I realize he does. So I think it does change. Am I chasing stocks here? No, it's been a hell of a run. But, you know, you'll have an inevitable pullback. But does this mean like, I, I do think, you know, the economy's teetering here. But if he starts lowering rates right away or start talking about, and again, if you get some bad economic data, you know he's going to lower rates. He already talked about it without bad economic data. So, so many bullets in the chamber. Hard to be bearish here, at least, especially in the next two weeks. I'm so glad, you know, seasonality kept me from being bearish here because I probably would have been bearish on this run-up because it's been an extreme run-up, but the seasonality keeps me in. So I think you do have to re-reevaluate here. Not chasing stocks, but you definitely need to reevaluate that this Fed is now accommodated to the market. I'm going to pull out my crystal ball here, and uh -oh. I'm going to make a prediction. And I'm not going to go too far out, but I, th I think Powell's ready to, he's ready to retire. Actually. Yeah, he wants to, and, and that's maybe why he's taking the victory lap. He's, uh, he's going out on top. Yep. He's going out on top. I mean, I, I mean, the election year next year, who's going to be in the minute, you know, in the administration. I mean, he navigated a, a, a pandemic. I mean, I, He's just like, he's just going to do it. I, I, that's what I think. I think he's taking his victory lap, and I think he'll, I, I don't want to say eminent, but just wait for that. And I don't know how the market will react when, when he, uh, uh, you know, makes that announcement. But it's just, you know, one of my wild theories in the back of I my mind. I don't think it's that wild. I think really? maybe the victory lap does set this up here. And he's got lots of bullets in the chamber. I mean, he's in good shape, Joel. Let's be honest. He's in very, very good shape now. Meaning, like, they have all, the rates are high, the economy's actually done pretty well, and he can lower rates if the economy starts to teeter. Whoever he set up next, like, Powell was actually given probably a pretty bad hand when he came. He was. In. Yep. He's setting the next person up for a very good hand. You got rates that you can lower infinitely, it almost feels like, if the economy starts to teeter. And he can just manage it. If inflation starts to go up, well, if inflation starts to take off again, you're going to have some work to do because rates are already high. And I don't think he can go much higher. But, you know, as we know, they cook the books on that a little bit too. So, I mean, it's hard to be bearish here. I, I want to find a case to be bearish. I like being bearish. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Pisses people off. Because no one but else is. Seasonality hasn't allowed us to be bearish here in the last two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, really. You know, we, we thought the stocks were oversold in October. We talked about that. I tweeted, if you go look at my Twitter feed. But, I mean, I've been calling 2024 to be rougher. But if the Fed's going to be accommodative, meaning they're going to start lowering rates without even having bad economic numbers, well, how do you fight that? Don't fight the Fed we're back to again. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Mitch. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to bring in, of course, and you guys know this more, right? It seems like this was done also in the 1990s where the Fed policy shift helped avert or mitigate a recession. And so do you feel like this is what's happening here? Is this kind of Jerome's way of stopping the recession by the talk of interest rate cuts? I don't know. Maybe. maybe. You know like what I mean? Like Kind of like some financial engineering like here. This is a good point, Mitch. Maybe we're in this situation where he kind of can read the tea leaves like we're reading the tea leaves. It's like Canada's in a recession right now. Yeah. Um, you know, official recession with the two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Um, maybe he's reading the tea leaves that, you know, the consumer is getting a little bit stretched. And we don't want to get to the point where we start getting bad economic data and then we start losing the economy. So maybe he's just trying to stay out of it. Maybe he's just smart. Maybe he's yeah. like all Instead over. of letting it hit, right? Instead of yeah, letting maybe. it hit. Just put in front of it, the rate cuts could come, and maybe that could hold the market enough to get through this soft landing narrative and really actually achieve it. Possible. I, ju I just looked it up. Yellen was around this age when she retired. Uh, Jerome is 70. So I don't know if that's any kind of, uh, any kind of precedent, but, uh, but we'll see. But uh, for now... Let's uh let's talk so, about so what something. does this mean for the market? 
it's if we are going into the end of the rate hikes, and again, this is good for the bonds. So you've got to be buying bonds on pullbacks. I'm now up 11% on my TLT long-term position. I wish I had a lot more. People say, why buy the TLT with a three and a half or 4% dividend, you know, because you're up 11% a month. Yeah, so this is why. And again, people like Rick Santelli talking about 12% interest rates when the TLT Ooh. was right at the bottom. He bottom ticked that. So it was the Ackman bottom, but it was also the Santelli bottom too, with just mm. stupidity. And talking about 12% interest rates, that was when we had the, the you know, we were talking about 10, you're up at five. It's now down at four. I mean, he top ticked it. He couldn't have been more wrong. So Rick Santelli, absolutely wrong. Ackman, absolutely correct. Yeah, I changed the market. This guy, uh, Ackman again, man. Ackman did. I he, That was monster. the Ackman bottom. <laughs> it was also just people panicking. Oh my gosh, 12% interest rates. What a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Like, I would, when we talk uh, about the dumbest thing to say of the year, it's got to be Rick Santelli's, and I believe it was 12%. So part of me thought it was 14. Was it 14 or 12? It was just a ridiculous number, though. Oh, technicals are showing that we could go to 12% interest rates. No, we can't. There's no economy left. Me and Joel were saying that was the dumbest thing at the time. And that was the time to go in and buy bonds. That was the bottom. 13. Somebody was saying it was 13. Oh, my goodness. What a bad. <laughs> That's got to be wonder... one of the worst calls ever from CNBC. Worst calls ever. And they were promoting it because they were getting yeah. hits on the articles. That's what it that is. It was just ridiculous. It's, it's one of those headlines where it's almost like the media is literally like, man, thank you for that one. We can put that one up everywhere and they'll click. Oh, yeah. And everybody's clicking it. What do you mean? Yeah. 12% interest rates. Everybody clicks Dude, that. What do you mean? <laughs> 12% interest rates. What's going on here? They read it and it's just like, oh yeah, the chart looks like maybe we could go 12%. That's like, stupid. Dumb. Ignore yeah, dumbness. I, I, I ignore mean, dumbness. This, the recent rally also came on some comments from the Fed that were mentioning that we could get a rate cut in even spring. So I think now we need to just start looking at when that potential rate cut could be coming. Yesterday, I took a look at that, of course. Um, I wanted to see when it got into the high percentages, not like 17%. But in June is that first big jump, right, in the expectation and probability for an ease. So that's one thing that we can be looking for, right, is that it's not said that it was going to come in March here. It's that it, it's said to come in June. So that's, you know, six months out, essentially. All right, let's move to Adobe. Adobe's biggest earnings of the day, Q4 EPS, $4.27, beats the $4.14 estimate. Sales of $5.05 billion beat the $5.03 billion estimate. They see fiscal year 24 adjusted EPS at $17.60 to $18 versus an $18 estimate. Total revenues at $21.3 billion to $21.5 billion on the high end versus a $21.73 billion estimate. Also seeing Q1 EPS, $435 to $440s versus a $426 estimate. So at least for Q1 adjusted EPS looking good. The overall fiscal year EPS a little bit lower, um, even on the high end, would just hit that estimate. So I think that's what affected Dobie. But as you guys can see, the buy the dippers out there. You're not going to shake them. Um, and right now we're in like panic mode for money managers now. So Oracle two, I mean, we called this one, we don't call everything right, but we called this thing pick under 100 undercut and rally 99 bucks is what I said. 99.26. I said this one was 104, 99.26. It bounces yesterday. The undercut and rally perfectly. Sometimes you can just call this stuff. Sometimes it's like simple setups. Adobe. Good day. A good day. A good. It was a good day in the market for Adobe, right? I mean, Oracle it was and Adobe both. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Oracle. Oh. I mean, Oracle. I mean, people are like, oh, look at this at a discount. Um, Adobe, man, this thing is just a wild child. Uh, technicals. When you have a six hundred dollars stock, I don't think you're getting anywhere back there to the pre-market low. I'm not sure what the straddle was on this one. I just would look. I'll just look at yesterday's range. Keep it simple here. Uh, the bottom of yesterday's range was way up at. That's not too far away. Six eighteen. 
So if you're playing for a scalp and looking for a gap fill, that would be the bottom of the range. And then I'm sure after seeing it trade down to 560, I'm sure a lot of people would love to see the mark. It's 62426. But uh, as far as having a couple lows in the same area, uh, boom, I would look at the 575 area, but I don't think you're going to get back down there again. Yeah, very hard to come in and start selling Adobe down 50 bucks. I mean, <laughs> that was like just on a day where every money manager is jaw dropped from a pivot that we did not <laughs> expect to happen yesterday. You get Adobe at a 50 point discount, the money managers are coming in scooping it up. And that's yeah. already happened. It's already down 25 here now. It's happening in Oracle. It's by the dip, man. It's by the dip until further notice. Some people are talking about in the chat about how maybe the AI art and generative art from Adobe not getting as much love. But remember when this got announced, and I still remember the day I brought it up. It that was on that was in May 26th when they started releasing out their AI products. Look where it is now. That's 60% higher. So has it gotten some AI love? I would definitely say so. I think so. so. I mean, 60% higher and in, in a couple of months, you guys can see it there. I don't think this is a company that is going to struggle with AI products. They're going to continue to come out with more and more and more and more, and they won't stop. All right, let's go to uh, Jable. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do the other one. It reported this morning. Yeah, Q1 quiet. adjusted EPS two dollars and sixty cents up from two thirty one year over year. Sales at eight point three nine billion, down from nine point six three billion year over year. They expect Q2 revenues at seven billion to seven point six billion versus a seven point three four billion estimate. Adjusted EPS of one dollar and seventy three to two thirteen versus a one ninety three estimate. And the fiscal year revenues are at thirty one billion versus a thirty one point six billion. We'll see what happens here. What do you guys think about this one? This isn't one that I trade often. I took it through the report short. Um, okay. It was one. There it was up go. to one twenty two ninety five last night. I was able to get short, so somebody was giving me almost two and a half point lead. I was like, I'll take it. Um, I covered it here, just you know, for the buck and a half right in this area here. This one twenty ones. Um, I had no opinion on it. It was just like that. Sometimes just simple. Somebody wants to pay up three bucks ahead of a report. I was like, I'll take a shot. Um. I, I don't know what to say. This is like a nothing report. They'd be by two cents sitting here. It's kind of a nothing chart too, really, Joel. Like I could throw it to you, but you're not really up in that gap area here. Maybe if you could get, get above like 122, then you start getting in that gap and maybe it starts going. But it's it's kind of like a blip, meh, meh, nothing report. You're on mute, Joel. Oh, you're on mute. I said you gotta that remove, you got to remove that button. I was thinking when I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm going to unmute. And also, when I just I'm not allowed to have a mute button. button. <laughs> you you want to so hear me cough and burp? Um, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. I, <laughs> you don't want to hear Joel's belching. <laughs> I'm down. I hit the like for that. I hit the like. Um, I'll hit the like too. <laughs> okay. There's All a right, narrative. Sorry, There's a now. narrative behind this stock here, right? Yeah. November 28th, they come out and they give you bad news. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, they provided the guidance. They absolutely kicked the living daylights out of it. And then a couple of days later, if I'm not mistaken, this was added to the S&P. Right. Was it one of these the stocks that was going in the S&P? I don't remember. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. A little bit harder. But hey, Joel, remember. Yeah. We got the goldfish. At least I got the goldfish memory. Joel remembers things. Whenever I challenge, yeah. I was like, oh, I think you jumped that up. Yeah, I don't even stress it. actually did happen. He remembers <laughs> everything, this guy. Yep, and he's right. He's right. He's right. I see, he's right. I see he's right. Of course he's right. He remembers and everything. You got, the, you got the little boost, but I mean, I don't know how, how happy I'd be, be uh, being short this thing above this 121, right above this area. Because you you just got a gap area has no memory. So and I looked at a lot of charts from yesterday, and they you know you look right instead of left. They opened up at like the previous day's high, maybe went you know red by a couple ticks, but then that was it. So I'd look for the early setup here uh, in Adobe. Just nothing. I mean, in order to get a gap fill here today, one at twenty nine twenty one. That's a ways to go. But see if it if it holds a bid here early. I'd uh, watch out on the short side for Jabelle's circuit. Jabelle. 
All right, guys, uh, I do want to give at least a little preference of what's coming, of course, at 8.30. Every, all the chat's already all over it. So let me just at least mention we will get sure. retail sales. We will get yeah. continuous jobless claims, initial jobless claims. The expectation for initial jobless claims is 221000 If we look at retail sales month over month, expected to come in at negative point, uh, negative point 0.1. So the prior also being negative 0.1. I'll keep an eye on that. Year over year was at 2.48 on the last measurement. We'll see what happens when this comes in. And of course, we'll keep up with that as it hits the tape. That's at 8.30, guys, in about four minutes. Uh, Let's do a quick... Any dip. There's just so many (laughs) buy the dippers. You can't break this. Like, like, you know, sometimes... Buy the dipper. Sometimes, Dennis, like, you know, like there's like a max pain trade, but I don't think that is it right here because the truth is, is I still have been seeing some bears out there and I, and I had to slowly but surely get off of that course because that's what we need to do as traders, right? When we start to get to this point where, Hey, you're expecting a turn, you're looking for a turn, you're looking even for a lull in the market. And we did get some sideways consolidation, but it was at the top that showed strength. It wasn't just quick moves right back down. So they were able to hold it and get those buyers to rebuy. And now you're seeing the stocks is continuing to take off. This is why I've talked about on live trading yesterday that especially if you're bearish and you're waiting to see this big move down, maybe wait to see the reaction first versus front running it. Some, sometimes, you know, it's striking early is not a thing to do. So I'm, I'm with you there, Mitch. Because there could be a, a un, like underlining bubble in this market right now with AI, right? And that could be what's just driving the prices further. And I know that a lot of people like to sometimes look at the, margic, uh, the market logically. That doesn't always work. I feel like we're in this exuberance right now. And when we're yeah. in this time, story can just continue driving stocks Fundamentals sometimes don't matter. Even technicals don't matter because if you look at RSI on certain stocks, it's going to tell you that it's oh, overbought and oversold. Overbought, yeah, we, overbought, yeah, overbought. No, but that doesn't those mean are, anything. Yeah, those terms, I mean, you can lose a lot of money shorting things that overbought, and you can, uh, you know, and you can lose a lot of money buying things that are oversold. That's why we try and keep to the more you know simple technical patterns and stuff because those those levels can. They, they could persist for for quite quite some time. That's why I like sticking with uh, you know with the daily levels, you know some certain retracements and stuff. But uh, it, but if it, what they Dennis always says, if you're good using those kind of indicators and that's how you make yeah, your bread and butter, go 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 right ahead, man. Go right whatever, ahead and use again whatever we say on this show. If you're consistently making money doing the exact opposite of what we say on this show, do it, man. Like the PNL is the bottom yeah. line. If you know you're if you're struggling and you can't make money, that's when you're listening to how other traders are trading. But if you're just killing it all the time, you know, using your charts, your technical setups, and we poo-poo at one time, doesn't matter. Results speak for themselves. It's all about results. You know, that's what matters in the end. It isn't opinions, it isn't about being right, it's about making money. That's what mm-hmm. matters. I think most of the uh, most of our, our sophisticated audience here is is looking for, you know, a different um outlook or a different perspective on something they're having or we mis- may totally agree with what they're looking at it might give them a, a, a little yeah a little bit more uh, a little bit more conviction and uh i love it when you know you guys you guys point out those kind of things and uh that's what we're here for 829 dennis do you need to go wide on this is i have question. it should i what the heck you don't want to get picked heck? off. I don't want to change. All... You know how many orders I got I mean, out there right now? I'm going to get picked many? off bad, aren't I? Am I getting Ru- picked ruin, off bad? Ruin this party right here. And I mean, you would have to like, get my a real initial jobless claims. I'm having a pretty good day. I don't want to really get picked off on a whole bunch of stuff here right now. I'm no, you just like hesitant. to pick people off. You tell the yeah, truth. I like to pick people off. Tell the truth. That's true. I like to pick people off. We like to do the picking. We haven't talked about the penny jumper or anything like that. All right. Up here. Up 13 and three quarters handles, 47, 70. Okay. I, HFT is two points wide in the SP right now. Oh, gosh. No, I'm getting hit. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm getting hit. <laughs> no, just on two stocks. Bang, bang. Just bot, wide. Bot, then, yeah, oh, oh, those are wide. both good buys. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll take those. I'll take those. No, Dennis, Dennis just pulled. To trade. He'd be on these numbers. He'd be on the both sides. And he's like, man, I'm not filling my bid. I'm not filling my offer. This is awesome. I know. All right, guys. First moved. number in oh, already, God, guys. I move. I'm scared. He never moved. Poor retail like, sales. Sit up there and you fill up both sides. People Poor don't understand what you're Coming about. in here, guys. Good number here, guys. Month over month number for November coming in at 0.2 versus the negative 0.1. So showing what? Some pretty good strength there in retail sales. And that's from the core. Initial jobless claims coming in at 202,000 versus a 220,000 estimate. So still light on the jobless claims. Retail sales month over month, 0.3 versus a negative 0.1 estimate prior being negative 0.2. So getting a nice little jump there, retail sales. Um, man, how's the XIT doing on that? Man, the XIT oh, yeah. is seventy fifty-five. Um, one thing that I, I this is one stock that sometimes Dennis we call turns, Dude, but then we sell them it. too quick. This is a clear example of this one. I sold it on the first rip up there towards sixty-four. I had it at below fifty-nine, guys. Um, but this one, I, I didn't hold on we to it long sell enough. Too soon, me and you met. We, we gotta hold. We gotta hold, dude. man. We gotta hold sometimes because I, know, I we mean, don't imagine hold well enough. You gotta hold those trades. Hold all. Hold all those. Yeah, it, just when you think, I remember back in uh, October. I'm thinking, man, this is you know when we were just hanging out in those areas. I'm like, it may be a time for one of those talks. You know, like uh, you know maybe you know seriously do some lighten up. And then I'm like. No, she's not going to listen anyways. So, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> nice. You're nice. Best. You, you, she does well overall. <laughs> just holding. Hodl. Hodl, baby. Hodl. Hodl, baby. Someday. Let Dana and Emily take Hodl care of all the, all the What I was saying, I, tw- I don't know if I tweeted this yesterday, but I was thinking maybe I tweeted it. But if you stay bullish long enough, eventually you're right. Tom Lee style. You stay bullish That's forever. True. You're eventually right because eventually the markets come back. I mean, they always have. I don't know. So if you're a long, long-term investor, spy good companies, reasonable valuations, buy dips, you probably do pretty well. Can now, you tell Tom? I don't have the luxury because the last two years uh, where we've gone nowhere in the S&P, if I was only hodling, I would be up nothing in my trading account. And I've over doubled my trading account in the last year and a half. So, I mean, this, you know, trading does work. Market timing does work, but and shorting stocks does work, but you got to be careful with it. Really important point here. I know that, uh, well, I'm just thinking not all stocks are participating. Peloton's not participating. Uh, but, uh, um, like, it's a little bit. Yeah, a little box, bit. It was five Yo, bucks. Just want That's more, a pretty man. good run. Yeah. Man. Maybe I should just show. load up here and have Amazon buy it. Yeah, Yo, right. I'm uh, the same way on my genie. I'm like, yeah, just keep coming, man. Just keep coming back. There's baby. a couple. I've had some other dogs like that over the years. But one, one thing but you, you just forget about this, them. I think it brings it all in the conversation. Will Kathy maybe have a good 24, guys? She's been so quiet. She's hot uh, right now. She's gotten right through. Now. She's gotten through all the bearishness. But still, though, look at that. Look at that monthly chart, though. You can't. You can't be happy. I mean, yeah. look at this thing. It's. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, maybe get a major breakout here. I. I would say the high for the year is fifty one thirty three. It got to fifty seventeen. Traded up sixty nine cents today. Uh, I just want to go quick to uh, the technicals here. It took me about. 30 seconds to do my levels in the S&P yesterday because there's nothing in here as far as, you know, very little resistance and uh, support, you know, was the closing price if you missed that last night. But the only thing that it's developing from this morning and what I'm going to be keeping a close eye on is this 47.71. I know it's, uh, it's only three handles away, but that's like just a mild pullback on the session. So, there ain't gonna be no hope for the Bears until they can bust this thing at least under get it and keep it under forty seven seventy one. Your next daily high came in on a on April fourth, two thousand twenty two, and forty eight oh eight and a quarter. Can you imagine being short right now though? <gasps> like here, you know, we talk about. You know, I'm underinvested in my long-term account. Still am, but the underinvestment doesn't feel that bad because I'm getting like 5.7% on the cash proponents. I'm half stocks, half cash. It doesn't feel like insane. But can you imagine like having your account short, actually short right now? 
Like that's why you're seeing like this relentless <laughs> buying and upstart, yeah. you know, and a firm and some of these companies going up 20% yeah, yesterday. You, that's you not just people yet. FOMO. That's people who are short these things and saying, oh my goodness, it's not FOMO. I'm losing serious money here. Yeah. Like, do do we have some Bitcoin right news here? Really we, ha we have some Bitcoin news. Nah, uh, it's just reacting with the market. But let me go look. Let me look. There has to be something there. Bitcoin leaking. Um, yeah, yeah, Bitcoin. But that that won't that won't last, right? The buy the dippers will come in and that. Bitcoin. I mean, I it's know. been I'm moving with the Nasdaq. Right? It, but I have a little bit of money, Bitcoin. I'm looking. Around. I actually uh, remember we had the Bitcoin year. Joel never. Nobody played it better than Joel. He bought like eight thousand and sold it like seventeen thousand. Doubled his money in like three days and never traded again. As we were doing <laughs> the Bitcoin show, we should probably we should probably dig that up. We should we should probably dig that up and replay that. We did that in what? It was at the end of two thousand. Was it at the highs then, or when was it? No, no, it was before the highs. It was long before the highs. It was the futures were trading. I believe it was at the end. Uh, oh, I don't know if it was the end of eighteen. Then we did put the 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 top was put in there. I, I think it was at the end of eighteen, and then it had to sell off, and then. Uh, you can see the the base that it built in 19. But uh, I'll just alert our Bitcoin. I know it's a 24-hour market, so whatever charts you want to use. But uh, on the futures, uh, 40, 43,600 is a, is a pair of tops to keep an eye mm. on that. And All the right. op open interest is leaking a little bit, too. So maybe some people are peeling out. Not not a, No sign of a reversal day. Okay, like always, um, I'm doing this on the fly, guys, so I don't want to say that this is 100% the reason, but like always, I like to do quick research for you guys here in the background. This is what yeah. I found. Um, there's a message from Ledger that we've identified and removed the malicious version of Ledger's Connect Kit. Um, so, of course, Ledger is how a lot of people keep things offline, right, um, in cold wallets and things like that. So this came out four minutes ago. Um and they're clearly trying to state here that they were not compromised, but I I'm seeing multiple reactions all over inter all over the internet, things like this, like memes and stuff, bringing that conversation in. So maybe that's what's affecting it here. Of course, I would tell you guys to look into it, um, but that's just what I see on the street right now. Of course, if you guys see anything else, chat, throw it up in the chat. We'll make sure that we catch it. Are these cold wallets really safe? Like 100% safe? Like nobody could ever get it? The Bitcoiners will tell you yes. But yeah. like all I think about is if somebody came to your house, put a gun to your head and said, give me your 16 word code, you're going to give it to them. But is there other ways? Like that's a weird scenario. But is there other ways that they could be hacked? Is there ways? Like I'm not a crypto guy. I have a little bit of Bitcoin. Mine's not in a cold wallet. Mine's in an ETF. So maybe their ETF gets hacked and all my Bitcoin goes away. But it's still like, before it becomes the currency of choice, See, they, can they, they it be keep putting like, everything can those on that? wallets be hacked? I'm asking the chat as well. Yeah. So you can see here, guys, people putting out posts like do not use ledgers, don't interact with the data. Like people are trying to put warnings out there that could maybe affect Bitcoin, right? Um, so that was put out four minutes ago. Is that when we got the drop? Uh, like four, uh, five yeah, ago? yeah, a little bit longer. So people that okay. had, uh, the super had the, <laughs> had the, the uh, super fast internet. <laughs> yeah, uh, eight twenty eight, eight twenty nine is when uh, it when it happened. But uh, they came in, bought it. I mean, they bought it well ahead of yesterday's low. So just uh, a little, 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 uh, little Bitcoin tangent there. Yeah, I'm seeing um, that. Seeing articles about supposedly three hundred million were stolen yesterday. Um, reach. Bitcoin mixers in 23. So if you're in Bitcoin, go take a look into that, guys. Of course, we're more in the stock market. So let's bring it back to that. Let's sure. go to Moderna. The release of Ooh, new yeah. data showing the use of Moderna's mRNA 4157 and Merck's Keytruda drug to treat melanoma cut the risk of reoccurrence and death by almost 50%. And those stocks seem to be hot yesterday. One thing that I clearly caught on early yesterday in the rotation was just how strong healthcare was. That's why I, I went on a swing from Lilly. But let's talk about these two stocks, Moderna and Merck. Um, Merck? Yeah. Sorry. I, I didn't yeah, know yeah. Merck, Merck. Merck is Moderna. Oh, wow. Oh. That could they... What do you mean Merck is Moderna? I'm confused. 
I didn't know Merck no. was anything to do so with this. So it's both of yeah, both of them. So they both have oh, Merck's drugs. involved with this drug. Yeah, so they have oh, Keytruda gotcha. drug. Okay. Uh, and, and so their drug Keytruda, the drug that cures everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Merck, the, the, the drug much. kills everything apparently. Yeah, so both of these companies are getting the lift on this. Um, it's such Moderna's so hated here, and again, we're buying hated stocks right now, so maybe it lasts for a day or two. I just, I don't know. I can't get on board on this one just because you know. And and again, the company has been running great. They were the first, one of the first ones to get it out there. You compare it to like Novavax, and there's no comparison at all. Um, but again, people just aren't getting the COVID shots anymore. So, is this a way to diversify themselves away? That's what it needs. That's so what it. Yeah, that, this yes, is what it yeah. needs. Yep. No, and I, I've t- talked to different uh, people about this stock, and they, they think eventually, like, you know, a lot of the, you know, new vaccines, not necessarily vaccines, but cancer treatments are going to come from their uh, from their technology. You got a nice pop over 88 bucks here. Pre-market high comes in at 88.77. Nothing there on the dailies. Uh, there's a couple highs, though. It, uh, it like the 8750 area. So I'd be a little, if I was long this thing, if I was buying it off the open, I'd want to see it like 88 bit in a heartbeat and just 88, 90. And then, you know, maybe, maybe throw it off or out at uh, 9169. Uh, but it's important, important to hold this area. Dennis, you also talked about, you know, people buying stocks that haven't performed. This is a stock that, you know, it's off its November low, uh, but make sure it, 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 you know, whatever, if you're really aggressive buyer, make sure it holds and gets over, takes out that pre-market high real quick, coming back on the downside. You got a long ways to go to get to the top of yesterday's range, 78, 72. Merck is not moving off this. This is like probably very small for them. Full disclosure, I've been in Merck, I believe, since sometime in 2021. Uh, just, ha- just hasn't been a super sexy stock lately. We, ha- we hardly even talk. I can't remember the last time we talked Merck earnings. It's all Lily. That's all I like they this turnaround. Though from 100, it's a nice turnaround there. At least I would say. Um, so that's a nice little hold of 100. I feel like buyers stepped up there. You see a lot of volume come in. Um, when it cracked 100, uh, when it went to 99.80 on that week. Um, so I that's think- one thing that I would say. I think some buyers stepped up there. Yeah, I mean, these valuations are getting attractive for these pharmaceutical companies. And if we are going into an interest rate environment that isn't up anymore, this is actually good for healthcare as well, because they have a lot of debt. They do a lot of financing. I bought Bristol Myers a couple of weeks ago because that insider buy happened. And actually, I, I remember that back bottom. I think I bought in the 4850 or 4870. I never do that, but I bought almost the exact bottom of Bristol Myers. I um, mean, it may not be the bottom. Maybe it continues to go down. I'm definitely trying to catch a falling knife here. But, you know, my long-term portfolio, I buy good companies of reasonable valuations. I feel like Bristol-Myers has come down far enough. I feel like Merck's a reasonable valuation, too. I had Merck in my long-term portfolio forever. And I sold it, like, around, like, 95 or 98 bucks. I'm not too far away from where I sold it originally. I probably should have just held it. Um, I wouldn't be against, you know, putting some of these big pharma in your portfolio. Even Pfizer at this point in time, I mean, it's just destroyed. But sometimes the best buys are when everybody else hates them. So in your long-term portfolio, not in your trading accounts. Uh, we got something coming out of the chat here that I definitely think is worth discussing uh, from Brian, Brian Heflin. He okay. I had it here. I just had it in front of me. He's talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. There Do you, you have go. it there? Put it on the screen, Angel. Yeah. Put it on yeah. The screen. This, is, uh, this is worth a little bit of a discussion here. Uh, you know, lower interest rates, right? It's been plaguing this. this now they're, ooh, well, look at the day that thing had yesterday and up another buck 40. That, that's all rates. So let, let me that's repeat Brian's rates. question right quick for anybody that did it, right. of course, just read it on the screen. Uh, we got people that listen in on, on the podcast life. So shout out to those guys that are audio only. Uh, how, do you, how does XBI compare to other sectors ETFs? Isn't the IWM heavily weighted with biotechs also? So you guys go ahead. What do you guys think about this? Um, yeah, well, IWM has a little bit of everything. It's all small cap. So IWM and XBI are very similar. XBI is like a pure play on lower rates. And that's why they grabbed that yesterday and just run. Because all those small biotech companies in the XBI need financing to fund their trials. And if the financing costs go hot too high, they might not be able to get the financing. 
So all those small little biotech companies that are in the XBI, and if you compare the XBI to the IBB, which is a better comparison, the XBI is full of all the small ones. The IBB is full of, you know, like the Biogens and the more established companies there. So when you're speculating on interest rates, and lower interest rates is good for both the IBB and XBI, but it's really good for the XBI. So XBI has been moving with the TLT almost perfectly for a while. Look at these two charts. They're almost identical. I've talked and I pair trade these together. It's not always going to work, but I've been pair trading the XBI with the TLT because lower rates, obviously, helps the TLT go higher and lower rates, obviously, it's built-in rates. And then the XBI is obviously that way too. So those two charts are almost identical, XBI and TLT. Whatever TLT is doing, the XBI is doing. A little bit of leverage play on the TLT. Watch your offers here, Dennis. We're coming up. Uh, continuing <laughs> like to make crazy. Can't crazy. stop. Yeah. Can't yeah. stop. Can't stop. Never going to stop, baby. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, let's get to, of course, Oxy, baby. Warren stepping up. Berkshire Hathaway increasing its ownership of Occidental Petroleum by acquiring 10.5 million shares, spending about $588.7 million at an average price of 56 16 a share. This purchase raised a stake in Occidental to approximately 27%. It's pretty big there for uh, especially Warren. Yeah, and additionally, wish... go ahead. I just want to additionally to remember, right? They also have an ability to, they hold preferred shares and warrants for acquiring an additional 83.8 million of Occidental shares. And that would be at 56.62 each. If exercised, these warrants would push Berkshire's total ownership up to 33%. So just wanted to mention something to look out for. I mean, we knew he was going to come back in here eventually. Um, it's probably a buy on dips, especially if rates are going to start pivoting. It's, it's Oil stocks are affected by this as well. I think you're buying Oxy on dips. I think Buffett, following Buffett, we talked about the 56 to 58 area. I didn't strike. I should have. I think you'll get another dip. I think Oxy's on my shopping list. Interesting. I wonder what his average price is on this. Because I, I know the same he, range. He always buys the no, same range. He, he, he might no, be a little Dennis, higher. Think no, he, I think higher, he had an no, earlier no. buy, right? Um, no. might help it, everyone, everyone, everyone is forgetting about when he bought this thing at 75, 80 bucks with the yeah. Anadarko Petroleum. Did he? Yeah, I guarantee it. He did. He 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 that he was uh, it was part of the Anna, uh, the Anadarko deal, I believe, and so I know he started there, and then and then he just kept. I mean, he, I I don't know how much he was down on that position, uh, down at the COVID lows, and I know he bought. You know, he was continuously buying in nineteen. You know, in twenty one. You know, twenty twenty one. We obviously know that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he and then he waited. It's just like the other thing kept on. Man, he must do technical analysis or something. He saw the undercut or the low from the other day. Just for the Dennis, you didn't play it this time because he hasn't been. Uh, he hasn't been. Uh, I know you've had a couple times. Yeah, I, I haven't been, but uh, I think I start playing it again. I think I think uh, like now he's back. So and he's probably going to continue to be back. So I think you got that Buffett put there. So I think buying at 56 to 57 and flipping it, you can J-trade and flip it out of this Yeah, area. that's what you're going to say. I, I know yep. I was doing that, but I also, I remember I put in my long-term portfolio and I put it in, I sold out of the long at 64, so I could re-get it. So I did I some research so. here um, for yep. us. I know that we wanted to know kind of average price. Of course, this is from hedgefollow.com, so shout out to them. I don't know if this includes this recent buy of yesterday, so I do want to state that. But what I have here is 50.13 would be his average price of, that they have. Um, so that's showing okay. that he's up 14.1%. Oh, he's doing well. Right. Yep. But I can tell you, if you see that blotter, there's buys all over the place. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, all over. Um, if, if you're if you bind it off the Warren News, right, yeah, you're quick, you're quick, you're, uh, you're you know, a good pre-market trader. Uh, you're trading at the highs of the pre-market session, that, which is on uh, 58.71. Not a ton here. There's only one daily high at this area, 58.70. So let's see. A lot of times on these, they either, boom, just catch a bid right at the pre-market high. If that's the fact, then you can look for 59.60 would be your next daily high. If somehow people ring to register off the open, 
you got a ways to go to the, get to the uh, top of yesterday's range at 57, 27, and also in a pretty strong market like this. I don't know if it's going to be pulling back that easy. I know that we've had such a great show that you guys haven't even realized that we didn't have a guest today, but I wanted to do something special today, of course. Uh, so instead of a ticker time, let's do a Santa's list. Um, what would you be watching for towards the end of the year, guys? So that's the way that I'll put this in perspective. You guys drop in stocks in the chat. Let's get through it. Let's see what we can come up with. Of course, I've already given two names that I thought could outperform for the end of the year, AMD and Intel. Maybe yeah. you guys can give one, and then I'll grab some from the chat here. I gave Palantir yesterday. I'll give it again. It's up okay. quite a bit from where I was looking at it yesterday. So yeah. that's somewhat, um, you know, we're chasing a little bit because it was at 1722. I haven't bought it yet. I think on pullbacks here, PLTR, I think it, it could get the lift here. One thing I would be careful about, and again, I'm going to say it again, is Apple and Microsoft have really been strong. And I think the higher interest rates make people for, leave those stocks for some of these other ones. So I'd be careful buying Apple and Microsoft here right now. I think both those stocks could actually turn around and go red, not only today, but could show some weakness here because it's crowded trade. And I think they're uncrowding those and moving into other stuff right now. So just be careful, Apple, Microsoft. Uh, these are definitely uh, not sexy issues, but uh, when you go into the uh, laggard category here, uh, these stocks definitely fit the bill. Uh, Ford, I mean, horrible. You know, I had a good year. Got up on the year. That's down. Just looks like it's basing. GM, you know, it held that gap. I mean, and it came out with the news that earnings weren't going to be bad. If rates are coming down, right, and people are thinking of getting new cars and stuff, I think that that's going to help. So there's a couple yeah. laggards. The one that I was really hawking during the strikes was Stellantis. That just seemed to hold up, you know, even with all the talk. So that one, uh, trading at its 2018 high. So I just wondered, I know Ford has cut production of their uh, of their uh, Lightning. and uh, But GM, I mean, these things have, have been dogs. Now it's struggling. At the, it looks like here, let's see if we can clear 34 and make another base. But uh, let's see the, the boring old autos there. Tan. I know we talked a little bit about the solar stocks, so we yeah. might as well take a look. Pedro bringing up an ETF here that definitely had a nice little push yesterday. We'll call it a power-up move. Um, what do you guys think about this? Could this really get moving? Wow. Yeah, this is, this is again, interest rates. This is a pure play on interest rates going lower. What has killed solar uh, more than anything is higher rates because it takes financing to buy. Now, is this turning it all around that he's just talking about pivoting? He hasn't lowered rates yet. But if we're going to go into an environment where they're more lowering rates than raising rates, you got to think that TAN might be a buy on dips here. So I think you're looking at solar here now. I think you're changing your minds here to a certain extent. And this actually sets up for even a January effect because it's so beat up. So I think, yeah, you're looking at those ENPHs. And again, you can't chase this. Some of these stocks just had 10, 15% moves yesterday. I don't like chasing stocks. It's just not my style. So you can do whatever you want. It can't stop you from doing it. But I think these are on your shopping list now. I mean, SEDG, look at this turn yesterday. Oh, in this man. This yeah. thing was down at $72. It went to, it's 85 now. It just ran 20% in one day. And it doesn't That's even look like anything. It doesn't, doesn't even look, look like anything big on the chart. So <laughs> there could be, and, and, and maybe there could be a sustained rally here. And maybe you do want to chase, you know, something like this because it's so beat up. But this is where money is gravitating to, at least right now, because they're saying, hey, if the Fed's pivoting, solar, XBI, stuff like that is all of a sudden a lot more attractive. Eight down months in a row going from 304 oh my God, what a to, right, <laughs> down to uh, 75.95, which you're close to September. Uh, and then up a little bit in November and so far up a little bit in December. But I got a good level for you here, folks. And it's right where it's trading right now. Last month's high, 85.12. This month's high so far, 85.71. The next monthly high in this thing is 130.38. And that, I mean, you got a gap to fill in this thing first at uh, 113.43. But, uh, I mean... It just looks like nothing. It went from 72 to 82 yesterday. Yeah. It looks like just little bar right here. Amazing. Those things are volatile. 
One last one that we never talk about. I can't even remember the last time we mentioned this stock. And I would love for the chat, anybody to mention when you think we talked about this, because I got to fact check that one. CP or UNP going to the rail, baby. And this just shows what? So one thing that I've been talking about with economists is more about the productivity that's showing up in the United States. And so I think that this is where this is playing in, is that productivity increasing. But man, take a look at the CP and UNP especially. That's been on a big run since November. Yeah, they haven't invented teleportation yet. So they probably got to continue to use rails. Even though you buy something online, they got to send it from one side of the country to the other. And the most efficient way is still railroad because it can take so much stuff. So rails just don't go away and they are economically sensitive. So if you continue to think that the economy is turning around, the rails are probably one way to play it. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at uh, CP here. Kind of quiet, but uh, bumping up against some resistance. You got a quad of highs right where you are right now. So you catch a bid there, maybe get a look at uh, 70, uh, 76. And what, NSC is part of that group too, weren't they? Or did they get taken over? No. NSC, Norfolk, Southern. Uh, laggards, definitely, definitely laggards for the year. So keep an eye on those. All right, let's go ahead. Let's do a little bit of a recap here. Of course, what's leading the bus? Let's go to Dennis. We'll go to his outlook. We'll go to Joel to take a look into the levels. And of course, we'll give you the guess for tomorrow. There is no doubt what is leading the bus, and it is IWM leading the bus. All the small caps, all the beaten up stuff that's interest rate sensitive, they're buying all that. One thing to consider as you just chase, 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 chase. The IWM has failed up here around this $200 level multiple times over the course of the last two years. Go to a two-year chart. $200 failing in July of 2022. We got up there and everybody thought we were turning around in March of 2023, 199.26. Recently, we got up there back in uh, August, uh, 198.75. Well, we are once again there. It's been a pretty good run for small caps. So actually, you know, you think like, wow, you know, this has changed the tune. And I think it has. But we've had a long ways. You are definitely chasing here if you are buying IWM today. But the chase continues. Yeah, getting into that monthly resistance. Uh, uh, just looking at the S&P, very limited offers in here. We're just uh, just continuing to make new highs in the session. And uh, no, won't see any offers out of me until we get to 4808 and a quarter. Um, and that was, uh, that was only a close on February 22nd of 2022 uh but your next daily high you, you knew at true daily high in the market is up at 45 9 or 45 48 1950 so that's what i'm looking at and the 50 percent that i talked about at 4571 well that's moved up considerably now since we rallied another 15 handles uh tomorrow we're gonna get a view from across the pond uh michael hewson hmm. is gonna join us and uh let us know what uh what's he seen in the european markets and uh get his take on the u.s markets as well all right so just to recap the show of course we got retail sales that came in over the expectation that's definitely helping the market out initial jobless claims coming in light and of course, we talked about the major movers of the day. If you guys didn't catch it already, rewind the show. I know that a lot of you guys joined in like kind of the middle of this show, but don't miss the beginning where we talk about the overall macro and of course, the hottest topic of the day. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Pre-Market Prep. Like always, you guys can keep up with all of us. You guys see the Twitter's handles right underneath. Give Joel a follow, of course, at Spoos, Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader, and keep up with Joel on the closing print. Have a good one, guys. Uh, also, we got uh, we got Quad Witch tomorrow, so everybody early to bed tonight. We're gonna have a gonna have a big day tomorrow with the Quad Witch expiration. Holy, yep, lots All of right. fun to be had. Get out there, get your trading shoes on. It's good trading right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a great one. I'm Glenn, Joel, and Dennis. Get out of here, guys. You guys can keep up with them, of course. And coming up next, we have live trading. We got a lot more for you guys, and I've been working on a fabulous video for you guys out there. We just mentioned our Santa list, right? Well, why not get ready for 2024's outlook, of course. I'm putting out a video on December 20th. Don't miss it, team. This is going to be with 
more than eight experts, of course, and get you guys the outlook that you guys need to get ready for 2024. You don't want to miss it. I will have economists, stats, technicals, stories, all in that interview. You guys don't want to miss that. That's going to be on December 20th as we get to the Outlook video. And definitely smash the like if you guys enjoyed today's show. And don't forget, like always, team, this is what for informational purposes only, not to be for investment advice. Opinions do not represent those of Benzinga. And hosts and guests may maintain in the positions and the securities discussed. As you heard me earlier today, I talked about a swing on Lilly. And one even on Walmart. So if you want to find out about these swings, how they're doing, and maybe take a look into our trading action, stay right here. This show will get you over to live trading that's coming up next. Let's get after it, team, and see what we can come up today.